Okay, let's get one thing straight. I'm not an expert on wealth. I'm not wealthy. I am not rich. And I'm not a financial professional. I am a learner. And I'm developing my financial intelligence. And sharing what I can to help you too. Follow me on my journey about wealth. And remember, this is not financial advice, but it might change your life. Welcome to episode two of The Wealth Journal with me, Jay Hardy. And yep, we've started with the big claim, it might change your life. <laughs> or it might not, who knows? Let's let's find out, wait and see. So I'm going to go straight into it, just to give you a bit of context. I'm sat on my living room floor, trying to record this now on a evening. So let's crack on. Um, just to give you guys a bit of a sort of update, if this is the first episode you've listened to, Each week, I'm going to share some of the notes and thoughts and learnings from my wealth journal with the aim of you joining me on my journey towards wealth. Now, one of the first points I've got in my wealth journal this week is a term I came across called financial wellness. And it made me think a little bit, you know, what is financial wellness? Because we talk a lot about wellness when it comes to sort of health and wellness and well-being. And I guess that's really where financial wellness comes from. I think if we was to look at just wellness as a whole, we've got nutrition, so what we eat. We've got physical wellness, so exercise. We've got mental wellness, so our mental health. And really, the term financial wellness is almost an extension of those things. Money plays a huge role in everybody's life, and you could argue that each of the other forms of wellness, whether it be health, nutrition, exercise... I saw a link towards money at the same time. You know, you want to eat healthy. It's probably a little bit more expensive. Um, taking care of your mental health. Sometimes money can have a huge impact on that. So, yeah, I think practicing financial wellness as well and talking about it is is probably quite prudent, really. And people tend not to talk about money that often. It's often a bit of a taboo subject. So, Anyway, the Wealth Journal podcast aims to try and eradicate that. And we talk, or I, there is no we, um, (laughs) I talk about money on this podcast. So hopefully you can learn about it too. Let's just think about how you can improve your financial health and develop financial wellness. Because it's a huge part of our lives. And first of all, what I'd like you just to consider is whether you actually want to improve your financial wellness. I hope that if you listen to this podcast, you you do. And maybe this is your first step towards that. You know, it's worth actually being quite ambitious, you know. Have a think about what life would be like if you didn't have any form of financial worries. Money wasn't necessarily something you needed to think about. And you could have everything you ever wanted dare to dream you know what does that look like because yeah you know i've got some goals aspirations ambitions of you know, what would it be like if i was uh, if i was very wealthy so think about your rich life and that was something that i came across from a guy called ramit sethi and he asks his client to just forget about their current financial situation and focus on okay 
Think about your rich life. Think big. You know, what sort of house do you have? What sort of car do you have? What are your holidays like? And just start to start to play with it in your mind. And then think, you know, is that what I want? Is that what I want to achieve? And if it is, then great. You know, and really think deep down in terms of what do you want? And I guess it's about trying to figure out what them, I guess, intrinsic motivational forces are to achieving your financial goals. Not necessarily the extrinsic motivational forces, um, because I think things like that don't necessarily last long term if it's to get you know, the latest pair of trainers or the latest fast car. I think you're always just chasing a goal which you can never really, you can never really reach. It keeps moving. So think about some of them intrinsic money and wealth goals and just picture yourself, picture yourself having them things. And now let's think about how you get there. And for me, I think we covered this in the last podcast, but it's about trying to build a solid foundation that starts first like looking within, like do you practice financial wellness? You know, get your own house in order and start to manage your business. And look, most people in this podcast, and myself included, we have we have a job. You know, I have a job. I really enjoy my job. But, you know, what are you doing outside of that to manage your own business? I guess your own business is there to, to help you achieve them, them goals outside of your, your profession. And your profession plays a huge part in that. If anything... You know, my job helps contribute towards my financial goals. So the harder I work in my job, the more income I can I can earn, the more I can invest. That creates a fast track towards towards wealth, in my opinion. Now, we'd all like to increase our income, but actually, in the immediate term, it's quite hard for you just to increase your income. You know, you've got to try and maybe get a promotion or set up a side hustle. It takes a lot of time. The easiest thing you can do at the start is look at your expenditure. What are you spending your money on? This podcast isn't about finding ways for you to save money. I'm not Martin Lewis, money-saving expert. I don't have Angelica Bell sat in the corner of the room helping me out here. So that's for you to figure out, you know, figure out where you can potentially cut costs. But I'm a big believer of actually enjoying life and living in the moment in many ways. So you've got to try and find the right balance. But what I will say, and this leads to probably the second point in my wealth journal this week is... Don't confuse your needs with your desires. And that was something that came from a very old book, actually, called The Richest Man in Babylon. Now, some of you might have actually heard of this book, but I actually read it, I reckon, probably about 18 months ago. It was a recommendation from a friend. The book is basically parables from the ancient city of Babylon. These were almost like 4,000-year-old teachings about wealth. And the interesting thing is that a lot of these teachings are still incredibly relevant to today. And one of the key ones was limit thy desires. Um, The problem is, and what we see in today's society with the influence of social media, trying to live your best life all the time and portray this, this perfect world of having all these nice things and keeping up with other people, is more often than not their, their desires. Their people just spending whatever money they have just to try and come across of you know to being rich or to fit in and I don't think that is the path to wealth 
There's a great image on Instagram that I've seen a few times, and it's a picture of Bill Gates, obviously one of the richest man in the uh, richest men in the world, and uh, Warren Buffett, another incredibly rich man. And you know, these two are these two guys aren't necessarily style icons, but they both stood there, sort of arm in arm. And the caption underneath is um, "Not a Gucci belt in sight," and it's true. You know, I don't think they built their wealth buying Gucci belts and uh, Louis Vuitton. So limit thy desires. But when it got me onto train of thought for for the richest man in Babylon, I thought I'd just share some of the key learnings from that from that book because I actually found it I found it pretty interesting. It's quite an easy read, so worth checking out. But it follows the the richest man in Babylon. I think he was called Arkad. There was a few sort of few guys in the community that almost sought advice from Arkad really on a regular basis. And what was pretty cool about it was that Arkad was willing to to educate the rest of the people in Babylon to try and help improve their financial situation. So it was very like community-based, which I thought was pretty good. One of the main things, and this probably relates to the episode one of the podcast where where I said that I believe everyone can can start to build wealth. He believed that as well. He tried to break it down very simply and give people a very basic framework of how to manage their money. So first of all, let's say somebody had debts. And he was like, okay, so 70% of your wage, try and limit your expenses to 70% of your wage. With the next 20%, use that to pay off your debts. So we're up to 90%. And then the last 10%, keep that money for yourself. Save it. And then... With those savings, start putting that money to work. And back in the days of Babylon, this was a money. It was actually gold, gold coins. The book also talks about the five rules for gold. Now, I'm going to summarize these. So one of the first rules of the five rules of gold outlined in The Richest Man in Babylon was that you should pay yourself or keep 10% of what you earn. So keep that to one side talked about fattening thy purse so obviously they don't have bank accounts they're literally just sticking it in their little purse or wallet so just keep 10 percent. then with that 10 percent, find it employment put that gold that you're keeping to work so don't spend it don't save it put it to employment and the book talks about gold being a very hard worker and look after it like it's one of your employees. You know, treat it well. And that leads on to the third point, is protect your gold. Invest it with wise people. The fourth rule is that gold can slip away if used in ways that are not familiar. So if you're not comfortable with something or you don't know too much about it, it's probably not the best investment for you. And then the final one is that gold flees the person who forces it to do impossible things. I guess for me, that'd be something like gambling or get rich quick. There's always these sort of schemes. You see a lot of them on the internet these days that, you know, if you set up an Amazon account and create a drop shipping business, you can earn thousands of pounds a month to do whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. I don't really believe in. I don't believe in get rich quick. I think getting rich is, is through hard work, learning, if you try and ask too much of gold or, or wealth or finance, yeah, I think that's when you can get into trouble. Yeah, that book's um, yeah, it's a really easy read, pretty short, worth a, worth a look.
so the reason why I think it's important then if you can try and just start with that base level of keeping 10% for yourself and putting that to work once you've established that 10% really then the more you can save or the more you can earn to add to that will play a huge role in how much money you can potentially use to grow your wealth in the future I've got an example me and my wife recently we've we've actually decided to um rather than refinance one of our cars um for for a new car which would have cost us more money i was like look let's just let's just you know let's just keep this car we've not had it for that long try and just reduce the payments and pay it off over time and with the money that we're we're potentially saving let's use that to invest so the more you can keep for yourself to invest the quicker you can grow your wealth so if you was to invest in say the S&P 500 so the index we talked about in the previous podcast which over the last 10 years has averaged an annual return of around about 13 13.6 percent now if I started with a 1,000 pounds investment and then each month I would top that up by 100 pounds so I'm investing just regularly each month with 100 pounds over 10 years with that rate sort of compounding each year my investment would grow to roughly 26,000. And that's off just putting in 13,000 pounds over the course of 10 years. Now, if I was able to just try and save a little bit more, so reduce my expenses and maybe just save a bit more into into their monthly payments, and let's say I increased it to 150 pounds a month, instead of 26,000 after 10 years, I'd have 37,000. You see where I'm getting at? And let's say I increase them payments to £200 a month over 10 years rather than 100 So I'm doubling it. Instead of 26 I'd have £49,000 after 10 years. Which just shows the power of reducing those expenditures, putting more money to work, investing it over a long time horizon, and yeah growing your wealth now of course that's just an example i don't think or i don't know that the s&p 500 is going to continue to do 13.6 percent every single year for 10 years some years it'll be down some years it'll be up um some years it might be more than 13.6 percent but we don't know but there's just an example that's what it's done over the last 10 years i mean it sounds like i'm trying to cover my ass there but you know i am <laughs> so yeah once you feel like you've optimized your outgoings and limited your desires you know then you can start focusing on increasing your earnings. And for me, the easiest way for me to increase my earnings currently is to to do the best I can in my job. Work hard, impress my employer, hopefully get a promotion, earn more money, and use that money to invest. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Have a think about your financial wellness. Are you spending money in the right things? Are you limiting those desires? And just start seeing if you can put aside at least 10% of your salary or of your wage each month and I think that's easy for not easy don't get me wrong it is difficult but if you can just try and focus on putting 10% of your salary aside each month and at first you know what 10% might be a stretch you know I don't know everyone's personal financial circumstances but just start trying to pay yourself see if you can pay yourself each month try and pay yourself first really at the start of the month as well put that money straight into into an account into an investment, put it to one side. And maybe at first, that 10% is just going to start trying to just build a bit of a foundation for you where you can then begin to invest. Maybe start with 5% and then each month try and increase it by a percent. That's a good way of trying to do things. I'm not going to lie. 
it is difficult. I, I struggle at times because I do, I do quite like nice things. Yeah, those of you that that'll know me know that there are a few things that I do like to spend my money on. But I have this sort of internal battle at least, you know, once or twice a week where I'm just like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to buy some new clothes. And I log onto a clothing website and I start just, you know, going through and saving stuff to my wish list. And then sometimes, you know what, it even pops off the wish list and ends up in my basket. And it's just sat there in the basket looking at me. I'm like, oh, I really want this stuff. But then I think, you know what, I'm going to sleep on it, see how I feel the next day. And afterwards, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why? Why am I going to spend like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on just clothes, basically? You know, half the time I'm sat, I'm sat behind a Zoom screen and nobody even sees me, to be fair. So, you know, what is the point? And then I talk myself out of it. And then afterwards, I probably feel a little bit better because I think really, if I want to start trying to grow my wealth, what's the point in having a, you know, pair of those trainers now or in the future? You know, I could have a private jet or not, but who knows? So, yeah, trust me, I go through it myself. I go through it myself plenty of times. I'm not saying don't spend any of your money. I think I think you've got to enjoy life. It'd be a painful process if you don't try and enjoy life at the same time. And personally, I've got to a point where I try to overweight my spending more on experiences rather than material things. But when it comes to material things, I often follow these steps. First of all is I sleep on it. I fill that basket, fill that wish list, whatever it is, then I sleep on it. Then the next day, I ask myself, do I really need this? And then, if the answer is yes, can I get it cheaper anywhere else? Can I get a better deal? But the point of this episode is about practicing your financial wellness. It's having them checks and balances in place to make sure that you've then got enough money to enable you to start investing, to start growing your wealth. If you're overspending, you're just going to be in that constant cycle. And as I highlighted earlier on in the episode with the example of investing in the S&P 500, the more you can invest, and even if it seems like a small amount over a long period of time, that can grow exponentially into a much larger wealth pot. Now, if you're still listening at this point after however long it's been, then thank you very much. And over the first episode, I think it was only my mum who listened to the entire one all the way through. And afterwards she said, Jay, wouldn't it just be easy if you just gave me a call rather than recording a podcast? And yes, it probably would be, to be fair. But anyway, who knows? So thanks again for listening. This has been episode two of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. (music) 